The Rebbe starts off the Sikha by saying that we discussed many times regarding the Sedris, the 53 Sedris that are in the Torah, that even though every single Sedra has many, many different sections inside of it, what's called many Parshiyos, nevertheless there will be a common theme, a common idea represented in all of these different sections, and that's why they are in one Sedra, and these will be brought out in the name of the Sedra of the Parsha that we call that particular Sedra. In our case, Parsha Shmini. And the Rebbe says that although, if we have a look at the very, very beginning of the Parsha, the beginning of the Sedra, is more, the more accurate word, of Shmini, Shmini, it will seemingly be much more connected to the ideas being discussed in the end of the previous Sedra, which are discussing the seven days of inauguration, of dedication of the Mishkan. And this is the eighth day. Yet, from the fact that it was separated into separate sedres, those are in Parsha Tzav, and this is in Parsha Shmini, this will indicate that there is in a certain sense there's a much greater connection between all of the ideas in Shmini with each other, even more connected to them, than to that which is in the end of Parsha Tzav. In the end of Parsha Shmini, we have Zois Achaya, we have regarding the animals that are allowed to be eaten and the animals that are not allowed to be eaten, that which is Tommy, that which is Toyer, etc., and the question is, seemingly the idea of the dedication of the Mishkan on the eighth day, the beginning of the work of the Mishkan on the eighth day, seems to be very, very far removed from the ideas at the end of the Seder, which are speaking about the non-kosher animals. So how is it, and why is it, that both of these things are both being included within this same Parsha called Shmini? Whereas, again, the seven days are going to be in the previous Seder. In order to understand this, the Rebbe first focuses on the idea of the number eight. And the Rebbe says as follows, we know that generally the number seven is a number that's connected to creation. The number seven is of course the seven days of the week. We have seven years, the Shemitah, and so on and so forth. Many things in creation are connected to the number seven. Whereas the number eight represents the Oyer of Hashem, which is called the Oyer that's higher than Ishtar Shalos, the light of Hashem, the energy of Hashem, that's completely, completely beyond Creation. That's what the number eight represents. On the other hand, since we are calling it eight, we are saying it's still somehow connected to the seven, somehow connected to creation. And the Rebbe says this exactly is the special chiddush, the special idea of what's brought out in the number eight. That on the one hand, it is representing a level that's completely beyond creation, but at the same time, the whole point is that it's connected with creation, it doesn't remain removed. And that's really going to be the chiddush of what's going to happen when Mashiach comes. We are told, for example, about the harp of Mashiach, we are told that these days it was of seven strings in the base of Mikdash. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be of eight strings. What's the idea? Because when Mashiach comes, we know the whole idea of what's going to be when Mashiach comes is all about the Gilu Kus that's going to happen in our world, the revelation of godliness that's going to happen in our world. In a way of Verochal Basa, that the glory of Hashem will be able to be seen by all flesh. And the Rebbe is about to explain how the number 8 is going to indicate this idea. First, the Rebbe explains, when we say that all flesh will be able to see godliness, we don't only mean that there's going to be such a great, tremendous, godly revelation, and because it's so unlimited, therefore even the physical body and the physical flesh should be able to see it. Rather, what we mean is that just like now, it is a normal and natural thing that we could see Gashmiistic things, physical things, so too when Mashiach comes, it's going to be part of our nature, the nature itself is going to be able to see and appreciate godliness. 
And this, says the Rebbe, is what the number 8 is telling us. On the one hand, it's a number, as we said before, that represents a level of Likus that's higher completely than creation. But the whole point is that it's connected with creation, that is, that that which is higher than natural and normal suddenly becomes the regular, the natural, the normal. The question, however, is how does this actually work? Seemingly, the world itself is set up in a way that it conceals godliness. It's part of the fabric, part of the nature, part of what the world, the normal aspect of the world itself is. The essence of the world is telling you that here I am a concealment on godliness. In fact, the word oilam itself, the word oilam, which means world, also means concealment, Lashon Helam. If that's the case, how does it make sense that we could suddenly say that the world itself, as far as the world is concerned from, concerned from the nature of the world, it is ready for godliness? In order to understand this, the Rebbe explains a very interesting thing and in something that the Alt Rebbe says in Tanya. The Alt Rebbe tells us in Tanya that all the revelations that are going to be when Mashiach comes, the godly revelations, are all dependent on our avoid in the time of Golos. And the question is, why in time of Golos? Seemingly, you should just say it's dependent on our mitzvahs. When we do a mitzvah, we're drawing down godliness. Why do we have to emphasize the idea that it's in the time of Golos? So the Rebbe says, one of the explanations we could say is based on this idea that we were talking about. That what we want though in the times of Mashiach, when Mashiach comes, it shouldn't only be that godliness is being revealed, so to speak, from above to below. That now the world is filled with this great godly revelation, but the world itself remained what it is. Rather, the point is that the world itself is now a proper receptacle for godliness. The world itself is now really changed around in a way that it itself could perceive and appreciate godliness. How could this be? Again, seemingly the world itself is there to oppose godliness. So the Rebbe says, first of all, let's have a look at the general idea of mitzvahs, how, the, how mitzvah is bringing godliness into the world. The truth of the matter is the world itself was created for the purpose of Torah and mitzvahs, that Yidin should fulfill Torah and mitzvahs. And therefore, since the world itself was created for Torah and mitzvahs, it's almost as if the world itself was demanding and asking for Torah and mitzvahs to be fulfilled, for the real inner purpose and intent of the world to be fulfilled, that godliness should be brought in. However, the Rebbe says, this is still not enough of an explanation, because the bottom line is, the mitzvahs of the world itself, the natural world itself, is still in a way that, does, that, is still in a way that never feels its purpose, its goal. You, seemingly, we can't say that the world itself is really feeling that its purpose is for godliness. And therefore, again, the question is, how can co- how we make it in a way that the world itself should really be demanding godliness or saying that the nature of the world is really ready for Hashem? It's this question that the Alter Rebbe is going to answer with saying that it's specifically the mitzvahs that we're doing in the time of Golos. The Rebbe says, Chassidus explains to us that what happens in the time of Golos, there's a special gili, there's a special revelation, the koyach of Mesiras Nefesh in the Yid, that that we didn't even have in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. And here's an interesting question. How does it make sense to say that it's concealment that's going to bring out gili, that's going to bring out revelation? Now even though we give Gashmi, Zdik and Mishalom examples for this, how we see in the world that it's specifically situations of concealment and that's going to be the keli for the greatest revelation, one of the examples that Chassidus brings is that specifically in the heel, where we don't feel any energy, and that is the keli for the greatest willpower of our nefesh. But how does that make sense? Why is it that way? That concealment would bring out revelation. And the Rebbe says, here is the key. The whole point is that since the Abishter wanted that the world itself, a world of concealment, but that the concealment should ultimately bring out 
the revelation of godliness. The Abishta set up the world in a way that that's the way the world works. That when there's a concealment, when there's darkness, that itself brings out, brings forth, demands a, a greater gili, a greater revelation. So Hashem put it in as part of the way the world works itself, that the concealments, that the darkness will tell you that really what it's waiting for is for a greater revelation, is for a greater oir. And therefore, since the world itself is set up in such a way, therefore it makes perfect sense that the world itself is really, as much as it's a concealment at the same time, the whole point of the concealment is constantly saying, it's all here for a greater gilu. And therefore the world itself is ready. When we bring down the mitzvahs, the world itself is ready for that gilu, because that was the whole point. The world itself was, the nature of the world was always telling us that concealment is always going to be there for a greater gilu. And this is specifically also why we say that it's connected to the mitzvahs that are done in the time of Golos, because again, that's exactly what's happening. With the Mesiras Nefesh that we have in Golos, this is always bringing out that yes, there's a concealment, there's a problem, but we have the Mesiras Nefesh, and what brought out our Mesiras Nefesh? The concealment, the problem, the darkness. This itself is what helps the world also come to this level that it's as far as the nature of the world itself is concerned that's demanding and telling us that it's therefore a greater revelation to have the Gileelikus in it. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand how the idea of Shmini is connected specifically to Zoysachaya, to the non-kosher animals at the end of the Parsha, and even more than to the seven days of dedication beforehand. The seven days of dedication beforehand, this was coming as a preparation, the person's own avoider, before that great godly revelation, but that's still all connected to the levels of seven, to the levels of what's associated with creation. Shmini, as we said, represents this level of godliness that's higher than creation, and yet it should always be felt that it's part of the nature of creation itself. Says the Rebbe, this is also the idea of the Zoysachaya. We have these non-kosher animals, but what are the non-kosher animals there for? Why do we have this whole concept? It's all that as the pastor goes on to say, that it's all about that the Yid should now be able to differentiate between that which is kosher and that which is non-kosher. Chazal tell us a person should say, on my own I would have this non-kosher food, but what should I do that Hashem is not allowing me? In other words, the non-kosher food itself, like the concealment itself that we were speaking about before, is telling us that what am I here for? All I'm here for is to bring out the deep rotsoin of the Yid to do what Hashem wants. That's what the non-kosher food is here for. It's all, again, the helim in order to bring out the gilui. And therefore, this is specifically connected, again, to this gilui of shmini, of that which is higher than the world, but at the same time, completely being part of the world itself, saying that the world itself is demanding elikos. Says the Rebbe, this is also connected with the Medrash, says these chayus tmeyus, that are in our parsha also represent the Moshe Rabbeinu, saw the highest mace also represent the various different governments and the Goliaths and so on. But what's the whole purpose of every single one of these Goliaths? is all to get to the great Gili, oil that's going to be when Mashiach comes.